The crack is back, ladies and gentlemen. What a week. I was away in Paris with the lovely Elaine, and I returned to a frenzy activity on Friday, which I'll explain later. Big thank you to Dan Hardy and Fabian Edwards, and big thank you to the man behind the scenes here, Oscar, for getting out the episodes. I was enjoying the Parisian lifestyle while Oscar was running the show here, so thank you so much to him. Yeah, it was crazy. I returned on Friday straight off the plane and straight into town into the Monterex event, which I was telling you guys about. It seemed to go absolutely great. They were a pleasure to work with. See Leon there, see Brendan there, see Mick Conlon there, met Belters only there. I mean, I'm I'm an old music fan. I listen to music from like the 60s and 70s mostly. So, I mean, these guys are way too cool for me, but they were they were gentlemen. All good times. I did have a man follow me into a toilet to try and get my Monterex t-shirt off me, which does speak to how badly people want these clothes. I mean, it was a wild scene. But it was very enjoyable, and it was great to talk to the lads. Obviously, it was brilliant to pick Leon's brain before he uh, cornered Fabian in that fight. And I'll talk about that more later, because it seemed to be going exactly the way they wanted it to go, up until, of course, it wasn't. Brendan Lockname putting his name in the hat for the December PFL show. Come on, let's have that. I mean, the word on the street is that PFL are looking for ticket sellers. Brendan Lochnane returned to the scene of one of the biggest robberies ever in 2015. Well, as the biggest robberies, as far as most people are concerned. I'm sure there are some that had Duke and Wall winning that night, but it, it would definitely be an interesting fight. Mick Conlon, lovely guy. I've met him once before. I interviewed him once before. Um, Great lad. So yeah, it was a really good fun. I'm sure I, I fumbled my words a few times if you, you guys you guys were there. Um, it was quite a spirited atmosphere in the green room. So we did our best and uh, they've already been releasing some footage of it. I just want to say a big thank you to Monterex and all of those guys. So that's like, that is within an hour of me being home. I'm already doing this thing or I'm in there preparing to do it. And it was great, as I said. Next day, I'm working on something that I can't talk about. So most of the day... I'm working on this thing. And then I arrive at Bellator 299 late. I get to see the, the vast majority of the main card. Um, and there is this air about this being the last one. There's a, this air about it being the last time we'll, we'll be in three arena for a Bellator show. And they've done 10 of them now. And this is without a doubt the Bellator era of Irish MMA. And, you know, it feels like it. For some reason, it felt like we were there to watch the last one, you know. It wasn't as attended as, as as well attended as some of the ones previously. I'd say there was four to five thousand there, which is great. <laughs> which is great if you're any other promotion in the world. I just guess it's Bellator had su- such massively successful events, and I'm sure this still was a success as far as they were concerned. And uh, obviously, we got to see some brilliant fights. Johnny Evelyn v. Fabian Edwards, absolutely amazing fight. We got to see Aaron Pico in there against Pedro Carvalho, and to do that to Pedro is is no mean feat. Obviously, it wasn't a great night uh, for the Irish in particular. I think SBG, who obviously are the, the, the gym that these cards are synonymous with, and we'll talk more about that later, don't worry, went four, six, and one no contest, which no contest, which was Peter Queeley's. And it was that, like, you know, Sinead Kavanagh losing, uh, Queeley losing, Pedro losing. There was a flatness to it, obviously, that that just comes along with the territory. If these guys aren't winning, what happens now? Yeah, obviously, the, the no contest on Queeley, very debatable. A lot of people not happy with that. 
unintentional foul. I, I actually tweeted out unintentional kick and got out. But God, I came over and gave me a bollock and halfway through. And I ate a load of prawn crackers that were just there. You know what I mean? So I don't know if he was really coming over to give me a bollock or just to eat the crackers. But however... Yeah, it, w- it was it was a bit of a flat one. I mean, the main event was unbelievable. As I said, I was talking to Leon before the fight, and he had said, you know, we're just going to try and stuff these takedowns for two rounds, and then we can start letting our hands go on the third, fourth, fifth. And he stuffed the takedowns for two rounds. And then suddenly, we're thinking, wow, this this is going exactly according to plan. And then at the very start of the, st- the first round, Eblen finishes Fabian pretty much out of nowhere it felt like a lot of people not happy with the way Eblen reacted in the cage people sending me videos of did he spit on him didn't he spit on him all day yesterday um I didn't notice it while I was there obviously saw the video footage I don't know if he actually spat on the guy or was just gesturing to do so but a lot of people seem to take exception with what he did and look Aaron Pico looked absolutely outrageous against uh against Pedro Carvalho as I said like people do not do that to Pedro Carvalho. Unbelievable. Sarah Collins getting the split decision over Sinead Cavan. A fairly tentative fight, that one. Mads Burnell calling all the Irish women ugly after his win over Daniel Vigil, which is very Mads Burnell in fairness to him. Funny guy. Um, Yeah, I mean, we we still had those those crowd moments, right? Like, I, I miss Kieran Clark, but I heard he got a, a huge pop. And obviously, Kieran Clark had revealed earlier on the L Triangle, Triangle even, Jesus, a few weeks back that uh, he'd be a free agent after this. And I'm sure UFC is where he wants to go, but I can tell you right now, PFL, he is a much more valuable fighter to PFL than he is the UFC right now. And I have a feeling they'll be making a big bid for him, given his level of support. It makes so much sense for them to go in for him. I know he probably wants UFC, but I'd say PFL will be able to probably give him more money than the UFC will. Um, And it probably just makes more sense at this juncture i know that's not what kieran wants but i'm sure pfl will make a very appealing offer uh to him you know we're kind of sitting there and towards the end <laughs> i won't say who but uh he came over to me he goes it's around this time that they usually announce the next dublin card and the next card you know and it never happened and that's happened at every bellador dublin card you're just sitting there and it comes up on the big screen and uh didn't get it there and that was kind of like yeah okay this isn't happening. They, they don't have anything planned here. And obviously the 21 fighters on the card, it feels like it's coming to the end. And even before this event, I was hearing whispers about Queeley, about Brian Moore, like two guys who who become, you know, really well known through these events. It could be their last ones. I don't think Queeley will go out like that. Moore has put out some posts after his loss. I think he was submitted in the second round. And it does sound like he's thinking about retirement, but it kind of feels like an end of an era here. 10 events. I, I believe it started with Bell Tour 169 in December 2016 in co promotion with Bama 27. Some great fights that night. Reese McKeevy, Joey Herbert, our legendary fight, really, from Reese McKee that night. Tom Duke and Wavi Allen Philpot. The next one, I believe, was February 2017, which was Norman Park v. Paul Redmond. Unbelievable. It was like that. So, what happened then was, you know, it was the next year, I think, that Bama folded. Their last event was in like July 2018. And then we hear the whispers of Bellator basically taking the roster. Um, and we're going, well, geez, if it's like 
you know, McKeevy, Herbert, Duke and Wavi, Philpott, Parkview, Redmond. I mean, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be absolutely amazing. And then I think Bellator announced the European series at the end of 2018. And it was the beginning 2019, I believe. And yeah, I mean, there was some magic nights there. I mean, absolutely fantastic nights. James Gallagher became a household name in Ireland. Peter Queeley's entrance became one of these things that everybody wanted to be at. You know, they really did stir up some interest here with some big, big fights. Queeley v. Price, those kind of fights, you know, Sinead and Leah. These fights were, you know, topic, topics of conversation when you're down to barbershops, things like this. Like, they, they really did well with those Irish v. Irish cards. But, um, you know, like, talk about success stories. Gallagher, Queeley. Liam McCourt, Sinead Kavanagh, as I said, Brian Moore earlier, like all these pretty much signed through SBG, right? But tremendously successful with this thing. I would say like as time went on, one of the biggest issues for these events was the reliance on SBG. I mean, it was, it became just an SBG card and that really soured the community's feelings towards Bellator. And you know, John Kavanaugh's on the side of the Lewis. Like, John Kavanaugh's at the press conferences uh, pumping up these events. He has 10, 11, 12 fighters on the cards. And look, we occasionally got some lads from Rhino, etc. on there. But even the fact Miles beats Peter and then we don't hear from him again. And I'm sure, as far as I heard at the time, there was contractual stuff on Miles' side there too. But, you know, people were just like, well, what's happening here? This seems to be catering to one gym. And I felt that way. Certainly. It got to a stage where every time Bellator came to Dublin, I'm getting a phone call from every other gym in the country talking about they never called them. Like, how can we talk about this being a significant day for Irish MMA when it's just involving one gym? So I had to talk about it. And I talked about it a lot. And a lot of people didn't. Um, and I'm glad to see them talking about it now. But in the end, the fact that Bellator didn't get the other gyms involved actually worked to the likes of Cage Warriors Betterment. Like, I don't think Cage Warriors could be coming here with these 5,000, like, you know, the RDS, they, they're doing three arena now. I don't think they could come here unless Bellator completely just avoided them, or it seemed like completely avoided getting their talent on board. So a double-edged sword, you might say. The PFL as well will benefit from the fact that there was guys available outside of Bellator. I think it's a very interesting situation here. And I spoke about this back with Ariel and Chuck around the time that they started talking about Bellator and PFL and all this kind of stuff. A lot of fighters are going to have no home to go to here. Like a lot of fighters are going to be free agents and a lot of fighters are getting a lot of money from Bellator. May A lot of people would say more than they should be getting. I don't know the intricate details there as much as I would like to, but there's going to be a lot of fighters left without places to go here. PFL Europe can't fill them all up. Well, unless maybe if they do the 12 events that Darren Hardy was suggesting last week, they can't take them all. There's no way. So this isn't like, it's an exciting time. Don't get me wrong because we don't know what's going to happen here. But if PFL get them, how many of them will they keep? Can Octagon, Aries, KSW, all these other promotions, can they pick up the slack? It's a lot of people, man. Considering like 
back in 2018, I think there was 50 people announced. The following year, there was probably another 30 or 40. There's a lot of people that need promotions. And look, there's people with Bellator now who can't get fights because obviously they're wrapping up. Or certainly that's how it seems. So it's an exciting time. It's an exciting and it's going to be a depressing time for a lot of people because now some people won't have their fees matched. Some people won't be offered what they think they should be offered. So it's it's as much as it's it's an interesting time in terms of my coverage of the sport, it's going to be a very sad time for a lot of people and I'm very aware of that. And, and you'll remember, well, some of you will remember, me and Niall were probably the most vocal about this in terms of criticism at the start, them signing up all these fighters and, you know, so much money being given out because we didn't think it was sustainable. I think it's been more sustainable than I thought it would be. This started in 2018, we're five years later, <laughs> through a pandemic. I know a lot of people were cut along the way, but I did not expect it to last this long, so they deserve a lot of credit for that. And as I said, great nights. We had some great nights, three arenas. Un- undoubtedly, the scenes I saw there were absolutely fantastic. Some careers would not be where they are without this promotion. The Gallaghers, the Queelys, Sinead Kavanaugh's. I think Fabian Edwards is one of the great success stories of, of the European series. I think there has been a lot of success stories, to be fair. But at the end of the day, you can't talk about all these success stories without talking about the criticism, which was the SBG bias. And I think it's undoubtable. I don't think you can deny this at all in any way. It was an interesting scene. I know I'm jumping around here a bit. Um... I obviously know a lot of fighters. I've covered a lot of fighters since their, you know, very early pro days right up until, you know, whenever. And I've been around a lot of fighters when they lose. And I I have a, I have like a catalog in my brain of moments like that. And I, I don't forget them because it's a very raw situation to be in. You know, as a fighter, you got to have this delusional confidence. And when that confidence gets checked, checked with a loss, it's, it's a very real moment. It's a very raw moment. And I've been lucky enough to be around a lot of guys in those situations. On Saturday night, I was outside with Graham and we're speaking to the matchmaker, Jude Samuel, just about the whole situation. And, you know, he was kind of talking about this stuff, you know, in terms of fighters losing the homes, which you can go back and listen to me talking about it on the Ringer MMA show with Ireland Chuck. It's the first thing I said when I was considering a world without this. Um... But as we were speaking to him, Fabian came out after the loss and I got a you know, a brief interaction with him and Leon. And it's a very raw moment. He's obviously inconsolable at that time. But I spoke to with a fighter a couple of hours after, a well-known fighter, but I won't name him. He hasn't given me permission, permission to name him. But I spoke about it like, you know, I feel like such a dickhead in those situations. I never know what to say. And he was like, well, it's like a death in the family. Like, there is nothing. Like... Fabian and Leon are completely inconsolable at that moment. They don't really care what I'm saying. It's just a quick interaction. But there's also something pure about it. Because we're in a sport where there's a lot of barking. There's a lot of Instagram. There's a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of this and that. And to see how much it means to these dudes. To see how much it can absolutely rip their hearts out and show it to them. It reminds you that this is a sport. It reminds you that these boys and girls are putting their bodies on the line to be great. It's not about flexing. It's not about anything like that. 
these guys truly want to be great. And Leon and Fabian were looking at history. They were looking down the barrel of the gun of history. And I thought he fought a great fight, man. I thought he fought a great fight. Eblen's just a beast. And look, Fabian's a beast as well. And I think he'll be back in title situations before it's all said and done. He's not an old man by any stretch. But as horrible as it is to see these dudes in that moment, there is something reassuring about it as well. Maybe I'm sick. But to just see how much it means to these dudes, and as heartbreaking as it is, and it, you're, it's impossible not to be affected by that, seeing these guys in these moments. But I'm sure he'll be back, as I said. Right now, if I'm UFC, I'm signing Eblen and Fabian Edwards. Honestly. I don't know what that situation's going to be. Like, obviously, what everyone's saying is, like, if PFL do the business with Bellator now, they're going to get all these contracts. How many people do PFL want? You'd certainly think they'd want Fabian Edwards. You'd certainly think they'd want Johnny Evelyn. How does championship clauses work if the promotion is no longer a thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, like say if there's championship clause for Evelyn there, he wins a fight, you know, whenever he won the title, he had an extra five fights put on. But if that championship is declassified basically by the the promotion becoming defunct what happens then i'm getting lost in the sauce here haven't i i've been away for god's sake i've been off trying to speak french getting in arguments with boulangerie guys you know you know as well as you know we're talking about you know obviously these irish cards as i said the ireland v ireland thing was always huge we also got to see some amazing talent and that was the same on saturday night like aaron pico's a beast we got to see Amosov. We got to see Amosov in his fight when he returned from the front lines. Like, I'm so grateful for, to Bellator for all this. I remember the first one they did. Was it like Mo Lual and Satoshi Ishii or something? And everyone just left. Like, so I think it's definite progress that we had people stay around for Fabian Edwards and Johnny Evelyn. Like, the best fight on earth last weekend, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Thanks for staying around for that one, guys. But... You know, I think the, the the people with Bellator had good intentions here and they gave us a lot and they, they should be commended for that. And they were always nothing but absolutely brilliant with me. And, you know, they're well aware that I'm a guy that leans into, you know, I will criticize. I think it's, it's an important part of our job to speak about things that are uncomfortable. And I had them conversations with them many times and they were always very open. And I really appreciate them for that. And PHA, who worked as their PR crowd over there. PHA, I've been working with these guys since I started. Since my first UFC event that I covered all those years ago. They they were with the the UFC now, then, sorry, and now they're with the Bellator. Um, Dan Apostas being my main, main guy there. He's absolutely brilliant. He's brilliant at his job. Danny Brenner is brilliant at his job. CJ Total is brilliant at his job. And Adam as well, who was there at the weekend. So much more, Kate. I mean, I could I could keep naming people. Sarah Taylor back in the day, they're all legends. They, they've always been so good to me. And they're so good at their jobs. They're much better at their jobs than I am at this, I promise you that. Yeah, I wonder what happens there. I wonder what happens with these guys. I'm sure it's all up in the air. I, I made sure to thank all these people as I was leaving and, and thank them so much for allowing me to do my job and allowing me to you know, do this thing that I love to do. And they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, I want to thank all the fighters too. It's been a pleasure. I know I've 
you know, I only got to speak about a certain amount. I obviously lost all my jobs in 2020. So, <laughs> you know, there was times when I didn't have a platform to speak about them. And uh, that was tough. And thanks to RTE for letting me cover them. I did some great features on some great fighters on those Bellator cards. Memorables, Queely, obviously Amasov. I did a great one with Sinead and Leah before one of their events. I know Sinead wasn't too happy that I compared them to Ash Daly. <laughs> she doesn't like Ash Daly. It's crazy. But, you know, that's their business. Um, It's been a real pleasure. Um, And I'm very interested to see what happens here. I've probably said I mean and am and all that stuff a million times, so I'm very sorry if this was a horrible listen. And please tell me if it was a horrible listen, because I won't do it again. I will keep getting guests so I can speak less. One thing I will say before I go is um, PFL PFL need to learn from Bellator's errors here, and they can also learn from the successes here. I don't think PFL can come back here and be reliant on one gym like that. I don't think Bellator wanted, like, set out for this, but however this happened with Kavanaugh and SPG, it soured the community's feelings towards Bellator coming here. And I, I felt as, as much as I wanted to speak about, you know, Queely, Sinead, James, anyone from the gym who was in a prominent spot there, I had to mention that, you know, a lot of the cards weren't representative of the full island. And that was a feeling that was out there. It was a very, it wasn't just out there, it was a very prominent one. So they need to learn from that. But maybe that was an error, but, you know, there was also the successes of the Irish v. Irish fights. You know, how polarizing they were. Miles v. Queely was absolutely mental. Miles was booed on the way out as if, you know what I mean, he was a sworn enemy from down the road. Sinead v. Leah, mad. You know, and then we talk about Bama 28 at the start of the show with Norman and, and Paul. These are the fights, man. But what an adventure. What an adventure it's been for Bellator. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything. I'm so glad it happened. I think it went better than I expected it to go. I think a lot of people would disagree with me, especially people from outside the SPG gym. But I'm glad it came, and I'm glad it gave us these moments and gave us these fights. And I'm very grateful for it. And this will be forever known as the Bellator era in Irish MMA. I think that's it, guys. Please let me know if you enjoyed this. I, you know, I can get guests on. I was very, I was nearly thinking about getting the great Dunna Corby on to speak about cornering Ben the Bane Davis, who was robbed via first round KO, as far as I was concerned, at Misfits 9. What about Dunna holding up the jorts in the corner? Absolutely amazing. What a guy, man. He is, he is so good, Dunna Corby. Like, I mean, they're not even going to... I'm going to be a footnote in his biography by the end of his career. He's an absolute legend. Bain's an absolute legend. Paris, legendary place. Montrex, legendary brand. Hope to work with them again soon. And Fabian Edwards will be back. Who would I pick now? Eblen or Strickland? Eblen. Eblen, I'd pick Eblen. I'd pick Eblen right now. I saw Ariel talking about... You know, he's definitely top 10. Is he top 5? I'd pick him over Strickland right now. I think that's it. I'm sorry. I've been very rambly today. I'll get back in the swing of things. We're talking about someone on Wednesday. He's Irish though. So, you know, these superstar guys. So hard to get them these days for Peter Carroll. We'll have to see if he's available. See how the schedule's working out. Love his loads. See you soon. Thanks for listening.